Porn Free Radio, Episode 42, Getting Started, Part 3, Your Plan. Welcome to Porn Free Radio. This is the podcast where motivated guys who want to quit looking at porn, get hope, and take action. Even if you feel lost right now or out of control, you can recover and live a meaningful life, free from shame and full of love. Now here's your host, recovered porn addict and podcaster, Matt Dobschutz. Hello and welcome to this episode of Porn Free Radio. This is the podcast for guys who want to live 100% porn free. Now this is part three of our Getting Started series. We started in episode 40 and uh, today we're talking about the most critical thing in your recovery, a plan. But first, I want to talk to you about Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes is filtering an accountability software for your computer. Now, several of you in the last few weeks have signed up using my affiliate link at pornfreeradio.com slash eyes, pornfreeradio.com slash eyes. And I really appreciate it. Now, you've done a great service to yourself and to your family by protecting them and protecting yourself. And I really recommend Covenant Eyes because it combines a strong filter with one-on-one accountability. And what that means is you give someone, an accountability partner, access to your online world, meaning a window into what you're looking at. They get a report every week, and it's the basis for a conversation uh, or an ongoing connection about what you're looking at. And so it's just very powerful because... It's really hard to do this on your own. We always want to look for software and technology to help us, but this adds the human component that really strengthens your desire and your motivation to be porn-free. To sign up and get a month free, as I said before, use my affiliate link, pornfreeradio.com slash eyes. That's pornfreeradio.com slash E-Y-E-S. Okay, let's get into today's episode. We're talking about your plan. Now, there's an old adage. I don't know who first said it. I'm sure it was Maya Angelou or some other internet luminary. But it's fail to plan, plan to fail. And the number one thing guys have who've gone a year or longer without porn the number one thing they have in common is a plan. It didn't happen by accident. They didn't wake up one morning with a desire to quit porn or a motivation and just followed through over the next 365 days. They put something on paper. They put something in place that was specific, accountable, measurable. It was something that was constantly improving throughout that year that kept them going because it's really difficult to just on motivation, just on white knuckling and changing some behavior patterns to just quit porn cold turkey. Now it can be done, but what really causes you success is to have a plan in place. And today we're going to talk really simply about three components of a simple plan that you can start to put together. And these components are not strategies. They're not tips. 
It's not a piece of software. These are things, and they're not just a one-size-fits-all type of thing. They're tailored to you. And so I'm going to walk you through three things you can use to build a plan. And by the end of this episode, if you sit down with a piece of paper, you can go through this exercise and you can start to, to zero in on what a plan would look like for you. And, and so follow me. Okay. So I talked about this in an earlier episode at the very end. Um, and it was travel planning tips. Uh, for going porn free on, you know, on hotel rooms and things like that. And it's, I kind of buried the lead. Making a plan is so important when you travel. And I put this at the end of this episode and a lot of you listen to this episode, but you could have easily not gotten to the end. And so I think this was episode four or episode five. So it was a long time ago. And I know a lot of you guys are new and there's new listeners all the time coming. So we're going to talk about this again, and I'm going to go deeper into a really simple planning exercise. So again, this is part three of our Getting Started series. So we started in episode 40 talking about hitting rock bottom, and that's our awareness of how our lives are becoming unmanageable with our porn, how we're out of control. Okay. Part two in episode 41 dealt with reaching out, asking someone for help, bringing them into your world, basically exposing the hiddenness, exposing the secrets. But this is the teeth episode, episode 42, your plan. This is where we start to put the teeth in. It's not just an awareness. It's not even a disclosure, a tearful disclosure to your wife or to your friend or to your pastor. This is where the the rubber meets the road, and you start to put something in place that's going to serve you well in dealing with this battle. So what are these three things? Okay. Now, a friend of mine who I was in a group with many years ago called this the T-Up. Okay. So it's T, U, and P. Those are the letters you have to remember. Now, he even suggested taking a piece of paper turning it horizontal, that's like that sideways, you know, the landscape view, and drawing three columns. So basically dividing the piece of paper up into three columns, okay? So in column one, he'd put a big T. In column two, he'd put a big U. In column three, he'd put uh, a P, okay? So, uh Number T or the first column is triggers. Okay. So let's, let's, let's dig into what a trigger is. Now the the definition for trigger, I'm going to keep it really simple. It's anything that's in your life that trips you up. And a lot of times the, after being tripped up by this, you go to the porn. Okay. It doesn't cause you to look at porn. It doesn't make you look at porn. But if you think to your last relapse, if you think to a couple of relapses ago, what were the things that preceded you relapsing? Now, a trigger can be emotional, okay? It can be, I had a stressful day at work. I was feeling really entitled. I wanted to take care of myself because of my hard day. I was excited or happy because I got a promotion and I'm celebrating, 
right? I was sad because my girlfriend broke up with me. I was, you know, some sort of emotion. The bull's lost, you know, and I'm, I'm bummed out. So, so porn is the medication to that emotion. Whether it's a positive emotion or a negative emotion, porn somehow comes in as a part of it. So it can be emotional. A trigger can be something that you see. It can be something visual, a visual trigger. You're up late watching TV and you flip to a channel that maybe should be blocked or maybe has some inappropriate content and immediately your brain starts working. Your brain starts going into overdrive. You start feeling the temptation, the pull to go to your computer and go a little deeper to to get a little buzz, to kind of follow up on what you saw, that visual trigger. It could be someone you saw during the day, you know, in the elevator or, you know, at the mall. It can be just someone who you saw and they kind of caught your eye and your mind starts going over it later and at night and you start sort of going down the rabbit hole towards porn. Okay. It can be, let's see. So we talked about emotion, a visual trigger. Uh, a trigger can be a, a time. It can be, are you more vulnerable? Uh, are you more tripped up late at night? You know, if you're on the computer or at watching TV after midnight, are you more likely to go to the porn? I would guess you are. A lot of guys don't wake up at 7 a.m. in the morning, go running, eat a nice breakfast with the sun out and decide, okay, now I'm going to look at porn. Okay. A lot of times it's late at night. We're tired. We've had a rough day, whatever. And our, we're kind of fatigued. Our decisions and our choices are kind of fatigued. And so we go to the porn. So it can be a time of day. It can be something as simple as not having filtered internet. This used to really get me. If I had any idea I was somewhere without filter, unfiltered internet, I would be tempted to do a Google search or I'd be tempted to, to look at something inappropriate. So it can be all sorts of things. It could be going home to Thanksgiving at your mom's house and just mom being mom gets under your skin and starts to trigger you. It can be an old friend you see who kind of, you know, brings out the worst in you. It could be going to a bar and drinking too much alcohol. There's all sorts of things that can trip us up. So as you go back to your piece of paper and you look under that T column, list out anything that precedes acting out for you. That means anything that precedes heading to porn or heading to masturbation. You know, what are the things that happened before it? Just think back to your last relapse and deconstruct it. Just go back in time and start to reverse engineer what happened. What led to you going down the road towards porn? Okay, so start just writing those down. And once you have those, it's time to go to you. And you is unsafe places. Okay, now it's not just places. It's it's more figurative, like what are just the things that are worse than triggers? They're things you can never do, never go towards, okay? So here is the definition of an unsafe place. If I do this activity, I will look at porn. Like there's a 99% chance I will look at porn, okay? 
And so you can look at that trigger list and there might be something on there that really is an unsafe place. So for me, here's an example. If I'm traveling and I'm in a hotel room and I have unfiltered internet and it's after midnight and I open up my laptop, there is a 99% chance I'm going to look at porn. Now, I, I might have some accountability in my life and some other things that might prevent me, but for most of my life, that was true. And so I realized there's no time that it's going to be safe for me to be in a hotel room with unfiltered internet after midnight looking at my computer. It's just not safe, okay? And for you, it might be, uh, you know, a Seven Eleven that you can't go to because there's porn behind the counter. It could be a Showtime show that you can't watch. It might be really famous. It might be a show that airs on Sunday night on HBO and everyone talks about on Monday. But there's enough content in there that it just doesn't, it's not safe. Okay. It can be a physical place that you just can't go. You know, I had a friend who used to um, have to avoid a certain park where guys would act out with one another sexually. And he just had to drive a different way home from work um, to avoid this area. Um, I know other people who, you know, don't have TVs in their house. I know guys that don't have a web browser on their smartphone. And it's because they said it's unsafe. If I have a web browser on my smartphone, smartphone, I will look at porn. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but there's a 99% chance that I will look at porn at some point if I have that browser. So it's an unsafe place. So look at your triggers again, then look at those unsafe places. Now, the last thing in T-Up is a plan. Okay. And okay, that's kind of dumb. I just said a T-Up plan and now plan is one of the acronyms. Okay. It's not the greatest acronym in the world or alliteration. I'm not even sure what it is, but, but here's the thing. This is an easy way to think about it. When you have that P, you start to look at those triggers and you, you write a sentence like this. If this happens, then I will do this. Okay. So a real simple thing is, if I am stressed at work and get home, I, then I will exercise when I get home first thing. I will not go to my computer. I will not log on. I will exercise. Okay? So that's a real simple thing. Uh, you can do like an if-then statement. Okay? If my mom gets under my skin at my Thanksgiving holiday. Thanksgiving's a, you know, a, a holiday in November in the United States. If my mom gets under my skin, I will give myself permission to leave the house, you know, for an hour and go for a walk. Right? I will remove myself from the stress and the situation. I will not just be stuck there and then start at some point you know, acting out. I'll, I'll start to try to take care of myself before I have an opportunity to look at my phone or to look at my iPad. Okay, that, that's another example. Um, another thing you can do is like, uh, you can plan ahead. It doesn't have to be an if-then. 
Well, here's another if then. It's if then with time. You know, if it's after 10 o'clock at night, I will not go on my computer. It can be something like that. If uh, I'm traveling and I'm in a hotel room, I will not have anyone else in my hotel room. Okay? Simple things like that. So you can start to look at your triggers. You start to look at your unsafe places and you start to build plans, statements that are specific and defined about how you will handle a trigger or what unsafe places you will avoid. Okay. So that's what starts to to make your plan have some teeth. When you start getting those sentences really clear, then you can go to uh, that person that you reached out to from episode uh, 41, when we were talking about, you know, calling someone or reaching out, you can go to that person and say, this is what I'm working towards. I have these five areas that are big triggers. And I wrote these five plans, these five little sentences that will define what I'm going to do about it. And they're specific, they're accountable, they're measurable. And if you put something in place and then you have a relapse, it, it kind of breaks down. Like you didn't define it enough. It wasn't quite clear enough. It was a little ambiguous. If you make a mistake, well, then you can improve that statement. So here's an example. I'm just thinking of this off the top of my head. So bear with me. All right. Um, if it's after 10, I will not uh, look at my computer. Okay. I will not go on my computer. Okay. So anyway, I make this plan. I share it with my friend. And the first night I, you know what? I look at my computer, but it's like 10, 15, nothing happens. I'm all good. Okay. I, you know, I went past the plan. I broke the plan, but nothing happened. I didn't look at anything. Right. Next night comes by. Okay. Uh, tonight I shut the computer at nine 30. I'm good. Okay. Third night comes, uh, I kind of get in the middle of something and I just blow past the boundary. It's 1145. Now I haven't looked at porn yet. Night four comes. And I'm not really keeping this boundary. I'm not really following through on this plan. And I stay on the computer later and later and later and I go look at porn. All right. So what happened there? Well, you were specific. You you, you know, said 10 o'clock, I'm not going to look at my computer. You're theoretically accountable, you know, hopefully you're going to circle back with someone who you shared this with. It was measurable. You, you, you were, you know, um, you were looking at the time you realized you were crossing the boundary, but maybe it just wasn't strong enough for you. You know, just putting a time boundary wasn't strong enough. So 
the key for this is it wasn't a bad idea. You figured out a trigger. You have a trigger and it's it's staying up too late on the computer. And your your decisions can get fatigued and you can make bad choices the later you stay up. So a constantly improving plan would be you could keep the same plan. I will not look at my computer after 10 o'clock. I will not go on it. And I will set up my Wi-Fi with I will set up my Wi-Fi with family protection. I'll have a friend set this up for me so that all the Wi-Fi in the house will shut off at 10 p.m. Okay? That's a constantly improving plan. That's not just something where you define something, where you shared it, where it was specific and accountable and measurable. That's a constantly improving plan. That's where you where you notice something, a trigger, you noticed a pattern that you had, and you tweaked it so that it was super strong, so it was airtight, okay? Now, you could just say to me, Matt, well, you know, I have a smartphone, I have an iPod, I have this, I have that, I can look at, you know, mobile internet. Well, guess what? If that's an issue, if that's a trigger, then you need to start thinking about what can I do with my smartphone? What can I do to block things that are inappropriate? Is there an app that keeps causing you trouble? You know, if you screw up on Facebook more than twice, guess what? It's probably time to get rid of Facebook. You've heard the old, you know, fool me once, uh, I don't know what, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. It's kind of like if Facebook fools you once, okay, well, maybe it was a bad day. But if Facebook fools you twice and you end up looking at porn because someone put their vacation pictures up and that got you kind of going and then you started looking for other things, guess what? It's probably time to either get rid of Facebook, you know, mute that profile or potentially, you know, add some, 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 add a plan for how you're going to handle Facebook, how you're going to handle looking at social media. Okay, what are your boundaries going to be? So that's the way it works. Come up with your triggers, your unsafe places. Triggers, again, are tripwires, things that can trip you up and cause you to go down the road towards porn. So what are the triggers? What are the unsafe places? What are the places under no circumstances that you can go? If I go here, there's a 99% chance I will look at porn. Okay? If I go to HBO at 11 o'clock at night, you know, Eastern time, there's a good chance I will see porn. Okay. It's totally unsafe. I cannot go there. It's not open for me. And what are some of those plans? When you look at those triggers in unsafe places, what are some of the sentences that are if then statements that you can put into place? Now, when you're first starting out, you probably are going to have a big list. It's going to be a lot of things. And that's where I want you to slow it down a little bit and look at that trigger list, look at that unsafe places list and get like the top five. I'm talking about the things that just keep you struggling, keep you coming back to this show, keep you coming back to the shame cycle, whatever it is. Find what those are and come up with five really strong 
plan statements that reflect those triggers or unsafe places, okay? Do that first. Share that with someone that you've identified, maybe in episode 41, that you can reach out to and bring them into this. Share those things. You don't have to get real deep with this person. You can just say, hey, I'm having a trouble. Uh, And every guy knows this now. It's not even like, everyone has a frame of reference. When I was first getting, when I was first getting free from my porn addiction, I would tell people at church and they wouldn't have any idea what I was talking about. They thought I was a literal freak. I'd be like, here's, here's one thing I struggled with. Maybe you struggle with this. In the old days in cable, they had restricted stations. And if you didn't pay for them, you didn't get them. But on your cable channel, they would come in and they'd be kind of blurry. Like it kind of looked like bacon on your screen. But if you watched it long enough, sometimes it would kind of warble and you would see a naked woman or an image of someone having sex just clear for like a second or two. Okay. Now, this is really deep for you guys who have digital cable and you know, have grown up on the internet, you don't know what I'm talking about. But this, in the old days of cable, they, they weren't sophisticated enough to have channels that turned on and off based on your subscription. They just literally blocked this. I don't know how they did it. They used to, I think you had to have like a special hardware component to unscramble this channel. Anyway, so this, uh, this scrambled channels coming in, if you stared at it long enough, sometimes you saw a boob or you saw a butt or something, right? Okay. This, this was a problem for me. Late at night, I'd be flipping through the channels. I would look at this station in order to get a little bit of a buzz. So I remember telling someone at church about this. They had no idea what I was talking about. It was just like the most foreign thing in the world. And so it was really hard to ask you know, someone to keep me accountable about this. They didn't even understand it. So you don't need to worry about that, though. Because what you're doing is you're defining the plan. So what I would do nowadays, let's say that that was a problem. I would go to my friend and say, I can't look or I can't go on on my television and go to channel 77. Under no circumstances, it's an unsafe place. And if there was a way to block channel 77, I should block it. And if I keep looking at channel 77... For long enough, guess what I need to do? I need to have a constantly improving plan. I probably need to get rid of the cable. And I did that at one point. I just got rid of cable altogether. It was too much problems. You know, and now there's enough parent protection. My wife and I have it locked down so I can watch ESPN. And you know, I can watch a soccer game or I can watch a basketball game and things are okay. But there were times that I just got rid of the cable. I got rid of the VCR at one point. I used to have a VCR and I let my neighbors borrow it and I never asked for it back because every time I had my VCR at some point, if if I wasn't being held accountable, I would look at a video. So there you go. So guys, make that tee up list today, right? Take the piece of paper, make three columns, T, U, and P. All right. And stare a little bit at those triggers and start figuring out what are things you can do to protect yourself? What are if then statements that you can put in place and start working on? I swear, if you sit down right now, if you 
press pause on your podcast or when this podcast ends, if you sit down and do this and put it in action, meaning share it with someone and start doing it, you will have big results this week. It will help. And you know you the best. So you're going to be able to to refine this down to perfection because you know what triggers you. You know what trips you up. And if you think long and hard enough, your attic brain, your smart brain that always finds loopholes will find a solution that cuts access to that trigger, that really cuts that trigger out at the knees. All right? So do that this week, guys. All right. I wanted to get time for one listener question. I know it's kind of late. I've been going about 28 minutes, so I'm going to dig into this real quickly. And it's not an easy question. This could be a whole uh, this could be a whole episode. And believe it or not, it was a whole episode. I keep getting questions about what about masturbation, Matt? I'm I've been cutting out the porn. I've been doing good for a week or two with porn, but I'm still struggling with masturbation. And what I'm going to say, guys, is masturbation and the fantasy that's tied with masturbation, the is is really similar to porn. If if we're honest, when we're looking at porn, ninety percent of us are masturbating. Okay, so. All masturbation is without porn, if we're fantasizing, is like offline porn, okay? So what are the things you need to do with masturbation when that's still a temptation? You need to start thinking about that tee-up, that tee-up list, okay? What are the triggers that precede masturbating, okay? What are the unsafe places? Now, You know, you can't avoid the shower forever, guys, okay? But can you limit the time you're in the shower? If that's a place where you're triggered, how can you how can you limit your time in the shower? Okay, do you always masturbate in the morning? Do you wake up and roll over and start masturbating? Okay, do you wake, you know, when you wake up from a dream, do you start to masturbate? You can start to deconstruct what are the things that happen? What are the things that precede me masturbating? And start taking action, putting a plan in place. You might, you might say, when that alarm goes off, I'm going to commit to getting out of bed immediately. I'm not going to spend any minute longer in bed than I have to. Okay, that could be one thing. It could be reaching out to people. When I feel tempted to masturbate, I will make a phone call to my accountability partner no matter what time it is, okay? You can do that. Masturbation, yeah, it's a pain because it doesn't involve, you know, finding a source, you know, it doesn't involve going on the computer. It's all in your head. It's a tough one. But the same plans, the same tee-up can be applied to dealing with masturbation. Okay, now I just thought I would end with a quote, and it's a really long quote. I actually quoted this, I think, in gosh, I can't remember what episode it is. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but this was an episode, or this was a quote by C.S. Lewis. And now, C.S. Lewis, if you're not a 
um, a Christian. C.S. Lewis was this famous uh, Christian writer, apologist, meaning he wrote about Christianity. But he also wrote, you know, a whole bunch of books. Like he wrote The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. You might have heard of that. So anyway, he was writing to a friend about about masturbation, actually. And, you know, this guy's just a, a real thoughtful guy. And he was thinking about this and he wrote this to his friend. And here's what he wrote. Here's, I'm just going to read a little of this quote because it's a great quote. It's from this letter from C.S. Lewis. He said, for me, the real evil of masturbation would be that it takes an appetite, which in lawful use leads the individual out of himself to complete and correct his own personality and that of another, and finally in children and even grandchildren, and turns it back, sends the man back into a prison of himself, there to keep a harem of imaginary brides. And this harem, once admitted, works against his ever getting out and really uniting with a real woman. Okay, I'm going to just break it down real quick. He's making this idea that he says that masturbation takes an appetite, which in lawful use leads the individual out of himself. Now, I totally agree with this. Our sexuality, at the best place of it, the best, the core of our sexuality, it's to draw us outside of ourself to unite with another who we love. Okay, it's it's to to draw us together in intimacy. Okay, so what he's basically saying is that desire, that appetite, is a great thing. It's very human. But when we turn back to ourselves to please ourselves in masturbation, to, to engage in fantasy, we're turning back into ourselves and we're withdrawing from meaningful relationships, whether they're our, our partner who we're sexual with or even just our own sort of connection with other people, our children, our families, you know, just, just being connected. When we go into ourselves, we start feeding this narcissistic um, place in us. Now, he goes on. For the harem is always accessible, always subservient. It calls for no sacrifices or adjustments and can be endowed with erotic and psychological attractions, which no woman can rival. Among those shadowy, shadowy brides, he is always adored, always the perfect lover. No demand is made on his unselfishness. No mortification ever imposed on his vanity. Now, this guy's a great writer. So what's he saying? He's saying that when we go into our fantasy, everyone's subservient to us. We don't have to do anything. We're perfect. We're adored. We don't have to make any room for anybody else, we can be totally selfish, right? And here's what he says at the end. This is the killer. Listen to this wrap up. In the end, they, the men, become merely the medium through, uh, I'm sorry, they, the, the harem, become merely the medium through which he increasingly endures himself. After all, Almost the main work of life is to come out of ourselves, out of the dark little prison we are born in, 
Masturbation is to be avoided as all things are to be avoided, which retard this process. The danger is that of coming to love the prison. Now, how many of us have gotten hooked by masturbation, by fantasy, by porn, and deep down, we love the prison more than our relationships. We love the prison more than going outside of ourselves and pushing into real relationship. Because real relationship's hard. All, you know, our spouse, our wife can't meet all our needs. You know, she can't rival our fantasy. She can't rival that sort of self, that perfect lover where there's no demand is made on his unselfishness. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Isn't that great? So guys, masturbation, come on. Maybe on another podcast, you can make a case for masturbation being a good thing. Not on this one. Forget about it. Okay? (laughs) You know what? Because half the time, 90% of the time, masturbation is tied to fantasy. And fantasy is tied right back in to this world of porn, to this world of the idealized perfect lover, to whatever, to just meeting our, our perfect little needs, our perfect little proclivities. And I don't, I don't play that. And you shouldn't either. So let's, let's, it's not easy, guys. It's not easy. I'm with you. I'm with you. It was a, and I don't want to say a bad word because I'm not an explicit podcast, but it was a B to deal with masturbation. It was hard for me. It took me several years of being porn free to really kick the masturbation habit. And I know what you're saying. You're married, Matt. It's, it's easier for you. Yes and no. I was still addicted to masturbating and meeting my own needs in my marriage. And it was really hard to give it up. So don't believe the lie that, that just because you're married and have sex every once in a while that somehow masturbation isn't a temptation. Because it is. All right. Guys, to ask a question, send an email to matt at pornfreeradio.com. I'm the only one who checks that email box. Please include your first name. If there's anything you want me to keep private, give me a heads up and let me know. All right. I've talked the last few weeks about sprint coaching that I have some openings. Working one-on-one with me is a fast is one of the fastest ways to get a recovery plan in place. If you go through the tee-up exercise today and you don't have someone to share it with, you don't have someone to keep you accountable, ask you questions, go deeper, make that plan really work for you, then give me a call, okay? it's Sprint coaching is not about going fast, but it's about creating structure to be successful, going porn-free, and breaking down it into a process. Okay, now... If you need to get a hold of me to talk about whether sprint coaching is right for you, you can reach me at matt at recoveredman.com. I'll set up a 15-minute call and we can talk. You can ask your questions. Guys, this has been fun today. I went a lot longer than I expected. I got excited talking about these topics. I'm excited to talk to you. I don't know why I'm talking kind of like this uh, staccato today. I hope it doesn't bother you too much. We'll be back next week for another great show. And that's it for this episode. So make that tee up plan this week, guys. Take hope and take action. 
Thanks for listening to Porn Free Radio at pornfreeradio.com. To connect with Matt, send email to matt at pornfreeradio.com. And help us get the word out by subscribing to Porn Free Radio on iTunes and leaving a rating and review.